If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Happy Redemption Thursday much as there can be these days. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. That's Director Matthew. You're you. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you being on board on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. It's good to hear from the new Knowles, the Transfer Portal guys. Try to get an assessment of what they are. I don't want to read too much into it, but I always like finding out who's what, at least from a personality standpoint, how they're going to blend, all that good stuff. Good article today, Warchant.com. I would uh, funnel you there to read Iris' column on a uh, young man at running back who Trey Benson, who um, you know comes in from Oregon and uh, looked up to very much so Cam Akers, who both of them from Mississippi, a couple hours apart, and models his game after him. Benson's a bigger kid, by the way, 6'1", 215, 217 or so, kind of thickly built. Uh, basically, once Mario Cristobal said, I'm out at Oregon, and uh, of course, I would think that in addition to your coach leaving, having had such a devastating knee injury and having to rehab and six carries last year, you'd be inclined to want a fresh start somewhere. So that's just fuel to the fire. But uh, talented as he was coming out of high school and well thought of and having been recruited by Mike Norvell at Memphis. So kind of interesting that there is that relationship already built in. I like uh, hearing from him in that that's a young man that said, in essence, look, I didn't know Alex Hodkins, uh, but upon meeting him, instantly we became tight. We became, I think his quote was, best friends right then and there. That is something that you and I would first guess, not necessarily specific to Benson, but because of Atkins. His personality, he is eminently relatable. I think if you're an athlete, if you're a competitor, if you want to get better, if you don't mind hard coaching but also understand that it, it comes from a good place, you're going to really gravitate towards Coach Atkins. And that's why I was really worried when we were talking about what would happen 
at the OC position, I was hoping that they would give that job to Alex Atkins. A, he had had experience as an OC before, but B, I wanted all the more reasons for him to be on board here, whether that's a pay raise, job status, whatever it might be, to stay on board because that's a guy that I think will help you in recruiting big time, and I think it's a guy who's coaching acumen I respect immensely. So I think you'll read those kinds of sentiments and comments from new players uh, pretty regularly. I, I really believe that. Well, just in listening to Trey talk today, too, the, the, the way he paces himself, the messaging, the tone, it's very similar to Alex Atkins because there's no nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, Watching a lot of these newcomer player interviews and, and getting to do so live as they're answering questions, you watch how they interact with the media, especially because we get the Zoom side of it so you can yeah. see the facial expressions of everybody, how they feed off of it. I get excited, and then it's just it goes to the next phase, which is, all right, I hope they can play because if they can, it looks like they've got the attitude. And that, that goes for any of these newcomers, from Jared Verse all the way down to Deuce Span, everybody in between. I just hope they can play because a lot of the messaging that's coming from these players who haven't really been funneled through the Norvell system yet mm-hmm. of how to talk mm-hmm. to the media, they've got chips on their shoulders. They believe that Mike sees something in them that they think they have that their previous coaching staff didn't, in a lot of cases, not every single case. Sometimes kids just want to get closer to home. But they've all got that yeah, edge to them. Yeah, greedy just wanted to be closer to home. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. But they've all got that edge to them that you're looking for. And that's something that I go back to the first uh, summer workouts. I, it's escaping me, the name of it, the climb, whatever. Yeah. But they were all small, all those players. And walking out of uh, that particular practice that day or, or that workout, I thought, these guys better be angry. Because if they don't have a chip on their shoulder, there's no way that they're going to even hang with a lot of teams in the ACC for three quarters. But you're seeing more and more of those players come in with an edge to them, and the sizes are starting to get a little bit bigger. They're starting to look a little bit more like Florida State of old. They're not there yet, but we're getting closer. This is better clay to mold if you're Josh Storms. Constant reminders of exactly where we're at, where we got to go, what time of year it is. You know, it's easy to get excited. I don't want to overstate what somebody's going to be on this roster when they transfer in. It's awfully hard to know. But I also don't want to ignore what they had to say, what it reveals about their personality, how we think it helps them blend or not with the current segment group that they're committed to. I mean, all of that matters. So you're weighing all of this. This is what what you do when you're in the process of building. It's what you do when you're in the process of growing, Uh, when you're obviously in the climb or on the climb. When you're doing that, we've talked a lot about it. Yes, ultimately, the things that matter most are wins and losses. But to get to where you want to go, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff has to be interesting to you as a fan. And for a lot of people, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. I mean, for you guys, you know, whatever. Go take it on down the road for a while and come back whenever. But for me, I'm immensely interested in how you arrive to where you want to be. Like, what, what are the steps that are taken that lead to the successes that we all celebrate as a group? And... We did this with Jimbo Fisher. I got to do this on the air, large part with you as well. Um, Got to see all of this. Got to watch it. Got to see that first recruiting class that made a difference. Uh, The first time that I really kind of recognized a strength or a weakness of the staff as a whole or the head coach and what they were going to have to overcome and, you know, all that stuff. And so when you finally do have the success that ultimately they did and that we're hoping Mike Norvell and his staff do – you feel like you're, you know, part of it. You feel like you have invested the time. No, not like they did. No, not in the weight room like they have to. Not like the, you know, the kids that give up so much to reach those goals. But as a fan, I think it's far more rewarding, especially when it's your school, admittedly, 
but it's far more rewarding if you went along for the ride and you, t- you at least took stock. You at least took stock of each one of these kids that came in, the, the successes and the failures, because you, you can learn from every one of them. You can learn from that process. And the transfer portal is so new that you're constantly having to learn what works, what doesn't, why. Why are we having, and knock on wood it continues, the kind of success as a staff that we are in the transfer portal? Now, part of that's opportunity. Part of it's very simple. It just boils down to opportunity. We have spots available for kids that can play. You know, if you're Alabama or somebody like Alabama, you know, or Georgia, those spots aren't available because they're already filled by elite-level high school players and very few transfer portal kids. But anybody that you're looking at to replace or move on from and add, they're five stars everywhere, right? But that's not us. We're trying to get to that place. So we have availability. We have room to grow. We have spots within each segment group where a player can come in in the transfer portal and be effective and uh, maybe be a sign-and-play guy right off the bat. So right off the bat, you're going to be, uh, I think, a destination for a lot of kids because you have the name, you have the cachet, and then you have a, a, a hungry staff that is obviously really, really locked into the transfer portal. The second these kids' names go in, you've heard from every one of these guys how quickly they heard from Mike Norvell, how quickly they've heard from Florida State. So, you know, th- th- this is where you're building. This is where you're trying to get to. We'll see. Uh, but right now, they're having a lot of success. I-, I happen to think, whether it be offensive line, linebacker, or a wide receiver, three very big positions of need, three positions that we spoke of as soon as the season ended and said we better see some transfer portal action in a hurry at those positions or else we're going to remain mired in subpar play. I happen to believe that there are more hits on this list than not, judging by their film, their personalities, and what we know of these kids that we've brought in. I tend to agree at this moment, but that's where spring football... Spring becomes really interesting. You know, the transfer portal is spring football coverage's best friend. And it's not just for us in the media to present it to the fans. Like I'm invested. I, I can't wait to see what these kids actually look like on the field in, in spring camp because you have a lot of things to compare against. And you said it right. I'm turning into a gray beard. I covered Jimbo Fisher's first spring practice. That was my first assignment as a, as a member of the beat was that particular camp. So you've seen the ups and the downs. And you know, I mean, when we got to spring camp last year, I remember seeing Jermaine Johnson for the first time, and I thought, well, he looks different. I hope that he could play and he's not here just as somebody who is a, a player who gets off the bus and looks impressive. I hope there's actually game behind it to go along with it. And it proved to be that, yeah, very much so. He was only somebody who parlayed that much more playing time into being perhaps a top 30 pick in the NFL draft, at least top 40 or 50 for sure, right? Uh, but so you know what the difference looks like between the Jermaine Johnsons of the world and what we had for several years at so many key positions I'm starting to see us incrementally inch up, and that's with some players that we're developing on our own. Like I can't wait to see Malik McLean this spring, Toa Feely, Kalen Deloach, after his improvement in late October into November as a linebacker. I'm looking forward to a lot of players that were already on the roster, but when you have this kind of overhaul in the transfer portal, like I remember when I first started working for a different entity about 10, 11 years ago, early enrollees was this thing that you would cover. Yeah. All these kids yeah. that would come in as early well, that's, enrollees. That's Jeff still really Luke important. Was, Jeff Luke was yeah, a big one at the yeah, time. Yeah, He never panned out at Florida State. I think he ended up playing at Cincinnati. 
But that was almost like a separate conversation of, okay, these kids are on campus. They're going to be a player for us in two or three years. With the transfer portal, it's, no, this dude's going to be a player for you right now. He's going to be a starter at this position right now. Caden Lyles at center is going to be a starter for you and right away. doesn't he strike you as just a no-nonsense, I'm-not-having-it-want-to-kill-you sort of center that will start for us this year? I'm so excited about him. I mean, there is zero personality in that kid whatsoever. I mean, you probably can't get five words out of that kid, but he looks like the devil, and I mean that as a compliment. Look at that guy. He's the bouncer that you don't even try. That is just straight-up evil. As soon as I saw him, I was like, my man doesn't want to be here talking to you. He wants to be kicking your ass. Conversation, and I'm talking about the press. Like He doesn't have time for any of it. Loved it. Good. Let's talky talky. Let's get out there. And you know who else was up. like that? A couple of guys. Yeah. Brian Stork. Well, he was. In, yeah. Yep. I know. I know. Yeah. Rodney Hudson was another one that's yeah. like that. Good players. I remember that he showed up um, in, the, in the high school camps. Iris said he couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, Rodney came up and he was talking to him and he's like, Gregarious. What is this? Where, where did this come from Rodney, as a player? Certainly we, not in the Tricket era. <laughs> no, we were the enemy when he was here. And Stork, same way. We were the enemy uh, when he was here. But. Great players, and that's all I care about. I don't care if they're jovial. Oh. I don't really need to interact. No, I whatever. hope that your disposition in general in life is a little bit ornery if you're well, an offensive lineman. Please. If you're an offensive lineman, yeah, while you're playing for us. I'm not, I am not. don't need that when I'm sitting next to you on a plane to you know, Sheboygan. I need well, hopefully you're not sitting next to them. Hopefully they got uh, a window or an dudes, aisle. Those are big yeah, dudes, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I so I, I, I hear you, uh, and I love it. It made me smile to see that. I, I Most of us in the press want a guy that you can really have a conversation with that's going to provide you the great quote, maybe uh, some insight into why the team is doing what they're doing, all that stuff that aids you in your endeavor, right, your job in the media. But truthfully, I'm a talk show host. I'm not writing stories. I'll provide my own talking points by watching the games and going to the practices. I don't need those guys to be all that interactive. I just need them to start kicking people's asses. It makes my job a lot easier when they do that. And so when I get a kid who's no-nonsense and doesn't have a lot to say, good, good, good for you. Stop talking. Go beat somebody up. Let's go. And I mean on the field. Hopefully, yeah. yeah only, I mean on, on the, the field. field. And yeah. if it's off the field, as long as you're not yeah, somebody got a little mouthy yeah, first, you know. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. I've never asked you this question. It's off topic, but it, I just brought it up. Are you a window seat guy or an aisle seat guy? I'm a window seat guy. Yeah, see, that's the right answer. It's the only right answer. Well, why? Because if you're an aisle seat person and you don't have family with you, then you're going to have to be the one that gets up, which is really annoying Over on and over again. Then you also got the Bev card on the elbow situation, which it doesn't happen That's that often. That's the number often. one reason. I'm not a fan because if you fall asleep, they don't care. Yep. They're not looking out for well, you. It's also people walking through the aisles more than wear the Bev a card. shot. Yeah. Yep. And then also, if you can't hold it for two hours, you know, maybe if I, in my 60s or 70s, I need to be an aisle seat guy, but I don't ever have to use the bathroom. Well, There's no entertainment value to the aisle long, seat. How long is the flight? I mean, you might. I'll be flying to Spokane in March. Um, Okay. That's a long flight. I may end up having to use the I can the see an argument for, for the aisle at that point. But I'm not. I'm but not. there's no entertainment value to that. The window seat gives you entertainment. It's I also feel outside. like I'm away from everybody when I'm on the window. I can lean yes. against the window. I can listen you to can my lean music. For sleep. I can sleep. I can watch a movie. Get the hell away from me, everybody. I can't sleep sitting straight up, so that's got no chance. I, I need to lean on something, and that's where the window comes in again. It's the only correct answer. Well, I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> Don't forget, your first class is always free at Orange Theory Fitness. And if you're a new member, 
First month is free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor. And if you're an active member, you can save a ton on your month-to-month charges by referring uh, to new members, referring people uh, who you'd like to see join the cult. And I mean the cult in a good way. That is Orange Theory, and it is. Most exercise groups are. The key to that is if you're going to join a cult, you want it to work. It's science-backed at Orange Theory Fitness. It does work, and it's worth your time. That's a community I belong to. It's a community I've talked to you guys about for a long time. It's a community that's intimidating to people, but it ought not be. Because when you get there, you find its members are welcoming. They are the kinds of people that root for you, not against you. It is not competition against you, but rather against yourself. Meaning, I don't care what you run. You shouldn't care what I run. We just want to do well together. And you do at Orange Theory Fitness. Check them out. Two locations in town. Orange Theory Fitness. You can go to OTF.com to find out more. Orange Theory Fitness. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff Cameron, 933, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Do you think there's any chance in the middle of the Green Bay, Los Angeles, Ram- um, excuse me, San Francisco? Yeah, Green Bay's not playing anymore. They got eliminated by San Francisco. In the San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles Rams game that we see Trey Lance? It, it's a non zero chance, I believe. And you mean as he's I mean, on the field alone as a quarterback? No, you know gadget right, right, stuff right. with Jimmy G. No, I think I think. Look, I mean they won, but it wasn't because of Garoppolo. I mean <laughs> this is this is a pretty steady take with uh, with him. Now he made a couple throws late there that you're like, okay, thank you for making the throws that a certain quarterback named Aaron Rodgers wouldn't, but um, refused to anyhow. That guy, you want to talk? Green about- eighteen, and I'm out of here. I mean, I get that you loved Devontae Adams. We all do. There are other receivers, and they tend to be open when the other guy is triple covered, my man. That was insane. That in route is wide open on the fly where he hits down the seam where he's trying to hit Adams. I mean, Adams draws three guys, and he still throws that ball. I don't, anyhow, that's just a total I, I'd like to see Aaron try and figure it out in Tampa. I bet he could. I don't know, man. He is really unlikable. but He's a rental. Yeah, and he's really good. He's really good. Uh, can be. Unless, of course, it's a home playoff game and they're the one seed. Just saying. That's a little problematic. Hey, you've got a new and improved Mike Evans who will take on all comers. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm kind of curious. It's something to, it's, it's, there are, I was laughing about this. Um, Garoppolo is, I was reading a story, I think it was in the ringer this morning, about five or six different articles on the playoffs this weekend that I'm beginning to read because we're trying to make money on gambling. And the numbers for the advanced metrics are that he is, surprisingly, Garoppolo, uh, a high-risk, high-reward kind of player, which most people wouldn't know. But, moreover, he is kind of a hindrance to their winning. 
Of the 35 NFL quarterbacks who had at least 200 dropbacks this season, he ranked 32nd in what is known as big-time throw rate, which is a pro football focus stat that tracks passes on the highest end of both difficulty and value. So Jameis was always extremely well thought of in that category. Like If you go back and look at that statistic, pro football focus stat, you would see that Jameis was one of these High risk, high reward, and really catastrophically bad other big time throws. throws. Got him in space. I got him. I'm Mm going to make it regardless. That was his time in Tampa. Those were the throws. Interception worthy throws. Got those in clubs. Yeah. I've got him all day. Any one of the throws you want, I got him all in my bag, except for the check down to the open back in the backfield. Don't have that. That was Jameis, right? Like, he never thought, never saw a throw he didn't want to make, and sometimes it left you in awe. That's how you throw for over five thousand yards and thirty plus touchdowns, but also throw for over thirty interceptions. That's how you arrive at that number. Whereas Garoppolo originally was that guy. Now they're saying he's a high risk, low reward quarterback because he's not even making those throws anymore. So I didn't realize that preceding really this last season, this season as well. That, that 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 number had taken a precipitous drop where he had stopped challenging people downfield completely to the point now where they're like, well, he just will not make uh, the other thing about daring their throws o- ever. The one thing about their offense, though, they're getting Mohamed Sanu back this week, which might help a little bit with downfield targets, but the way they draw it up for Debo Samuel now, I don't know how many of those at-bats he's getting with downfield throws. Now, Debo is all things to that offense. He's what they said Tavon Austin would be for five years. But he's a tough runner. They like to use him in the jet sweep game, underneath screens, all that stuff. He can be an over-the-top burner, but if there's only one player and you got Kittle over the middle, I don't know that Ayuk is good enough to be considered a legitimate number two target. So I just wonder if some of the – not to completely excuse Jimmy G. I'm not trying to do that. All I'm saying is the way the offense is constructed and the way they call the game, I don't know how many big-time throws are really in that offense given the skill position players they have. All right, I pulled it up because I want to be very specific about the numbers. Here we go. So here, here we go. Here's Jimmy G. So I was right about the number that I copied and pasted on my Outlook. But here you go. I wasn't. I, the rest of this is even better. Here you go. You hit Control-Z, Control-V successfully. Yes, yeah. I did. Of the 35 NFL quarterbacks who've had at least 200 dropbacks, is the one I got right. Garoppolo ranked 32nd in big-time throw rate, according to Pro Football Focus. Tracking passes, quote, on the highest end of both difficulty and value. He had the second highest turnover-worthy play rate. Okay? Jimmy G threw as many interceptions, 12, as former teammate Tom Brady, but had 23 fewer touchdown passes. To illustrate Garoppolo's knack for nearly turning the ball over without ever threatening the defense, watch the high-arcing lollipops he lofted to receivers in the flat during Saturday's game against the Packers. Oh, yeah. Troy Aikman was ready to throw up on four of them. He's like, oh, as it's in the air. In other words, he'll risk a pick six to gain two yards. <laughs> that is true. Last weekend's game, that's 100% true. There were that like seven of them. Hilarious. I love that. Yeah, there were. Even Anna. Buck. He's a yeah. dangerous yeah. throw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You could hear. It did make me laugh. Aikman was funny. Now, that is a quarterback watching a quarterback do something you should never do. He couldn't know. <laughs> He's just like laughing as it's happening. Yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. So it is that uh, I asked the question whether or not Trey Lance, and they brought in, they traded three first-round picks to move up in the draft to take Trey Lance. Three. 
Like, I don't know, man. At some point, you may want to get him out there because he can stretch the field. Against this front four, though? I mean, I get you're trying to win the game to get to the Super Bowl, but do you want to risk development being stunted? Because they didn't like what they saw this year from what I could gather. No, they don't like him to run the offense, but they didn't have a problem. I mean, if you <laughs> they didn't like him to that's run not, the That's not a good sign. Well, he's not starting. I'm not saying he starts. Oh, you're saying he comes in for a drive? I I'm thought you meant like that, the torch would be passed with No, him. I'm okay. saying that you have packages that you run for Trey Lance that gets the ball down the damn field occasionally. And not, I mean, listen, because he can run, you can do other things with him. So it's not a dead giveaway that when he comes in, they're throwing the ball down the field. It's just that they're suddenly capable of throwing the ball down the field, which in a lot of ways could help him as a runner. It sounds like you're really working hard to create intrigue for this game. Because it feels like a, a meh football game, doesn't it? Except Both of them feel like they could be pretty average to below average football games. Well, no, what I'll say is that, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fearful that uh, Cincinnati's run out of time. And, yes, I, Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl, yes. But I actually think this game is intriguing because of the ownership Shanahan has over the Rams. Ownership. And there's no reason for them to win the last meeting, but they did. And From they, seventeen nothing down. Yes, yeah. and they yeah. continue to do the kinds of things that teams that own other teams do, which is it's got to be maddening when you're the Rams. Uh, but the Niners' defense is legit, very, very good, which we know. And if you can just do something on offense, yeah, I predict they'll be in the game and let them be in this game, knowing that the Rams anted up the way that they did. Well, Kansas City, with the whole city of by that time on Sundays, come on. Shanahan, one more time. <laughs> Come on. The rematch is on. Uh, we'll solve for the future next with my friends at ISF. Jeff Cabertro, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You know, if you've been listening to the show since we came over here to 93.3 and War Chant TV, by the way, like and subscribe if you're on War Chant TV, uh, that we've partnered with our friends at ISF. And uh, they want to do great things with you. They're an IT and strategy firm, and they do amazing things with uh, those of you who have the vision to do so as well and the goals for the future to work hard and move your agency forward. They'll help you do all of those things with technology solutions. They can implement those. They're experts in the government processes. They work within government agencies across the country. Unmatched experience in developing strategies, evaluating, and refining processes. That's important, and they implement all of those things. So uh, their expertise and your vision coupled together means that uh, you get things done and you solve for the future, which is what we do here on the Jeff Cameron Show. More on ISF in a bit, isf.com. If you would like to learn more, they've got, uh, well, contracts with folks all over the country, even though they're located right here in Tallahassee. They've worked in 18 different states, so uh, they they help Hate? No. They help state governments. Uh, although you can hate state government. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, help solve the future. What frequency are we on? Yeah. Prank caller. Prank caller. Uh, it was good. Okay. So I wanted to solve uh, for my future, so I bought tickets to see drive-by truckers over in Ponte Vedra Concert Hall this morning. So there you go. That's my future in April. When? In April? Yeah. Yeah. What day do you know? Is it beginning, yeah. end of the month? I don't want everybody to buy tickets, Tom. I'll tell you during the break. Oh, well. I mean, <laughs> they can search Bonavidra and be like, hey, Jeff. People are very lazy. They hey, won't Jeff. do it, Tom. They just want me to give it away. <laughs> but, yes, the Internet works. Well, Hopefully I'm, it's not on Friday the 15th. That's all I'm saying. No. 
um, I'm, I'm able to uh, to solve for what will be by then um, a bit of stir craziness because it's wintertime. There's not a lot of beach time during wintertime. There's a lot of getting away. and all. in Mexico. Yeah. Well, listen, rub it in. So there it is. I've, I've solved my future. Now, that said, we could bring it back to Florida State, which is more of what we do with this segment and our partners at ISF uh, more consistently. It's not always about me. What, you didn't want to go see my morning jacket on the 24th of April in Miramar? I do. I do. I was just talking to Matthew about it before this segment. Very Maybe spooky. we'll continue to solve for the future Very as we, <laughs> we're just firing away on these tickets. I'm in. But as far as Florida State solving the future, we alluded to it already earlier in the show. We talked about the segment groups that desperately need help from transfer portal players, and now we've heard from those players that have said yes to that challenge, in particular at wide receiver. And my cohort, Tom Lang, is in love with Johnny Wilson. Hang on. In love with, too strong of a phrase. Number two, I don't want people to run for the hills because of my affinity for one Jordan Young, who can still turn it around, everybody, I believe. Never going to happen. But, yes, in the breakout interviews today with the press, it was Meet the Newcomers, uh, another series, Johnny, Johnny Wilson, Wilson said something that made me feel the same way you do about him, and Ooh. that is, quote, I like to be pushed. I don't want to be an average receiver. Okay. There we go. That's it. That's all you have to say. Yep. Thank you. You like to work hard and set examples and get better. Come to work every day to improve your overall acumen for the game, physical tools, everything it takes to be great. Yep, 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 yep. Let's go. Yeah, and he said that that was part of the reason that he came here is because he thought he could develop here into something better, which I thought was quite the omission, statement of omission about uh, where he comes from in Arizona State. Yeah. That, you know, he says, I'm a self-motivated player, but I want to be pushed on top of that. And that's where Mike Norvell comes in. And he said Mike Norvell. Specifically Mike Norvell, yes. And I would also note, and it gets me excited to hear him say this as well, uh, blocking shows how much you love the game. And he likes to block. So to go along with six, seven hands, all that good stuff, obviously a height advantage over most, he'll block you. All right, we need that. Yeah, I didn't get the sense that when he answered that question that it's the first thing he thinks about when he takes the field. I can't wait to block today. But it, there is an onus on a player to play to the end of the whistle no matter what the design is because it's all about the goal to win. Now that sounds so basic, and of course they would want that. Not every receiver does. Not every. In fact... Looking at our receiver player over the last six to seven years, they've been better at it last last year. They were much better at it. I don't know that we had a majority. I don't know that we had quorum of receivers who were into the whole blocking thing. So it's nice to have one that is. Well, we got better at it, as you alluded to. Maybe we will have consensus at some point here that it's an okay thing to do to block for your brother out there on the perimeter. It's kind of important, if you'd like to see the ball, that you be willing to do that and sacrifice for them so that when it's your turn, they do the same. Yes, it is of vital importance. It's also a big factor as to the plays on the perimeter, success or failure. So let's get to uh, doing this on a more consistent basis. Good to hear people say that. I would also note, by the way, because also amongst the uh, players interviewed do span you know we've had the most question marks about which is that he's a player with five receptions in college football but it hasn't been about ability and the more that you research and the more that you read and the more that you hear uh, him described there's immense talent there physical tools so what did I want to hear from him today well yeah sure it's nice that he wanted to be closer to home that's why he chose Florida State and obviously more of his family get to see him play football now but rather the fact that he says he understands 
that in order to be a receiver, he's going to have to work on getting stronger, getting faster, and to work hardcore on his technique because he hasn't played a lot of receivers. So that sounds like a guy who's committed to playing receiver and no longer entertaining the idea of playing quarterback, which is a good thing that I want to hear based on what I've learned of this young man, and that is that he fancied himself originally out of high school as a quarterback. Yeah, that would be the um, – and, and he was asked at the very end what changed between, you know, your first courtship at Florida State and this. He said the coaching staff, which is a good answer because I believe, you know, if he was going to come here, it was it was going to be that that dual nature of, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe you're an athlete who could play quarterback or whatever. It seems like – I would hope – actually, let, let's phrase it that way. I would hope that he comes to Tallahassee knowing the score, knowing where he's going to be on the depth chart at, or uh, at what position he's yeah, going to be Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that – Yes, I don't believe he would have been offered uh, had they. Hey, if it works out, you can play. No, no, no none no, of that. There's no if nothing. You're a you're a receiver. You're a gosh darn receiver. You are a wide receiver with the potential to be a damn good one who gets paid lots of money if he works hard on his technique and gets better at all the facets of playing receiver. So, yes, all the guys said what they needed to say today. It's that time of year where hopefully everybody says what they need to say, and if they don't talk. At least they show you some form of intimidation that encourages you, like we talked about with Caden Lyles. So that's great. Well, the question about you know new incoming players from the transfer portal is always going to be a fundamental one. What went wrong where you came from? And is this guy going to be a detriment to the locker room that you're taking a risk on in order to make your football team better and more talented? So I think part of the mining of these you know first impressions is to see, did they take a chance on this guy? Because he can really play, or is he going to be a citizen of you know the culture that's being built that's been flipped here? We believe that guys buy in for one another now in a way they didn't two seasons ago. Yeah, he, he flipped the locker room. Yeah, right. But when you bring in new players, it, it, you know sometimes they even say it in the NFL with Antonio Brown. I, I heard an interview today. Do you think he's going to get a new uh, NFL job? And this former personnel manager in the NFL said, "I wouldn't be surprised." Because if you think that you have the culture that can withstand taking that chance, well, then thought- you're going to take the chance. Yeah. But in this case, it seems like with all these interviews we've had so far, I don't know that they're taking many chances on kids who might, you know, go crazy on them, go AWOL on them. It seems like they have to fit the mold. Which is, I mean, again, a big part of when we describe things that Mike Norvell does well and what this coaching staff has done well, I think much to the chagrin of many Florida State fans, these are things that we routinely return to, which is he does a very good job of setting expectations, getting people to buy into his vision, commit to the work, flipping the locker room, as opposed to winning lots of games right now. But all those things are necessary in order to win lots of games. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will go, it makes sense. It's their M.O. They've done a good job of flipping the culture, and then they'll just move along. I mean, it is the off season, But I agree with you. I agree well, with you. Well, we're I said, still don't, crawling. Don't, there doesn't appear to be outliers here we're this close to the walking phase before the run but we're i think we're still crawling right we're almost to the to the walking that's what this season's about you know we're oh, walking on our own i want to jog a little bit this year yeah, okay you want to jog, jog are we bit. walking yet oh we're walking oh, we, we were walking this oh. year now we stumbled fell flat on our face and didn't get our hands up against jacksonville state we, we didn't walk into a bowl no i think that, no we didn't walk into a bowl because of the jacksonville state stumble but that that's that's why we were right there about to walk into the bowl and oh down we went, but that, but like the grape lady, yes, but picked ourselves up. That reminds me to watch that video again. It's been about a year since I've watched the grape lady. Never gets old. That in the QVC ladder. Our friends at ISF, check them out. We love our partnership with them, and uh, you can go to ISF.com to learn more about them. Again, they're an IT strategy firm. 
40 years. They've served state government and business clients across the nation, and they're located right here in Tallahassee. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chat TV. In a moment, we'll uh, get our North Florida Payroll Services selections going. One and one this week on the college sports book for the two basketball games. Hit on one, missed on another. Got a few more. Your old miss pick on Monday hit as in this particular segment, mm-hmm. as did my bet on the Ducks play on Monday night. So we're we're having a good week. Uh, I'm I'm two and one. Uh, you're one and zero. Oh. Let's get to uh, let's kind of bolster the. It's all about the long term successes. It's all about that. Quick uh, note here, by the way, and I've mentioned them before, but uh, and for good reason. you got to ask yourself if you have any type of plan for long-term care for you or your loved ones. There are three main questions that you'll need to ask yourself when discussing long-term que- uh, care. First question, if you were to get sick tomorrow. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Need long-term care? Where do you want to receive your care? Most people will say stay at home. Second question, which asset will you liquidate first to pay for your care? Most people would say either an IRA or a nest egg of some sort. Third question, if there was a better way to use the IRA or nest egg to pay for long-term care, is there something you would take a look at? Is that something you want to do? Pick up the phone and call Pete Tyson, 850-523-6118, 850-523-6118. Ask Pete to give you a free book that he co-authored, by the way, Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. There's no cost or obligation. Call Pete Tyson today, 523-6118. That's 523-6118. And reach out to our friends at the Preservation Financial Group to get more information. All right, Tommy, let's cue it up, buddy, and get some wagers out here. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Damn, Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. This is brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll, uh, Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant. I can't speak all of a sudden. What's going on? It's Thursday. Get it together, Cameron. It's that late Wednesday. We didn't have a show Wednesday thing. That's what it is. Good call, Tom. Including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. All right. Why is this not working? You got games? You got games you want to jump to? I got a game. Everybody's got a game. I was just about to say it was in that exact tone. Give it to me. All righty. It's going to be Anaheim. Once again, we're riding the Ducks. They've got a coach in quarantine. they got players coming out of quarantine. Second of a back-to-back. A lot of things going against them. But what's not? The odds. Minus 130 over Montreal. Montreal doesn't average a point a game. What are we doing, everybody? Uh, but I, I feel like, Tom, that uh, you've stated this with such certainty that you've kind of uh, angered the gambling gods. No, but you don't care. Minus 130 
for Anaheim to straight up win the hockey game. It could be in a shootout, in, in overtime, any kind of a win. You don't need to win by two. I'm going to take those odds. Montreal's on pace for 49 points this year. I'll they play 82 bet. games. You get two for a win. What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, I love it, which means we just lost the bet, everybody. Yeah, 6-1 to one Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost the bet. I listened to the certainty in his voice and went, I'm running the other way. I'm kidding. Mark it down. All right. It's the Thursday night hockey gods. You want a fun prop bet? I give you prop bets on Thursdays before NFL Sunday games. You ready? Sony Michelle, you're getting 25 to 1 on two touchdowns. He's got to get it's one and a half is the number. If he gets mm. the two touch 25 to so 1. So you think of the fumbleitis from Cam over the weekend might give Sony more He's goal to get go touches? Almost all of them. It's an interesting theory. You like the play? I saw an, At I, I'm 25 glad to you, 1. I'm glad you saw me working. I mean, that's... Uh, I'll throw a $2 exact on it. That's called pizza money, kids. Sprinkle a little pizza money at 25-1 to 1 for Sonny Michelle over one and a half touchdowns. Hey, you could put carry-out pizza money on it, and you'd still make a good living. <laughs> uh, it's, a fun, it's a fun bet. I may end up teasing some things here, too, by the way. You could actually look at first-half team total uh, as a number two. You know what the first-half team total is for San Francisco? Ten. Nine and a half. Good job, All Tom. Right. Yeah, thank, thank you. Do you like ten? Because if you do, you're taking the over there, buddy, and you're getting good odds. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't know. I like the number is what I like. <laughs> That's a good number. That's a great number. Uh, how about Bengals Chiefs total 54? Okay. I like the over there. You like Bengals plus seven? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No, I like the over though because this the the 240 yard game that Jamar Chase had was against the Chiefs, so they're going to do everything they can to stop Jamar Chase, which means T Higgins will be open and Boyd will be open. So I like I like the Bengals to carry their weight to push Kansas City to get to the over 54. That's I'm gonna my give, logic. I'm going to give you another one here if you want to have some fun with it. Let's go under Jimmy Garoppolo's 233 and a half passing yards. Under. Well, that's an easy one, right? Here comes Jimmy throwing three bills. But yeah, I'm doing it. I'm Jimmy doing. Three Bills. Look at old Jimmy Three Bills. What's up? The paper, the paper. Yeah, so that would... I throw uh, the passes, <laughs> throw the passes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's fun. We had some fun ones. That is, uh, as always, brought to you by our dear friends at North Florida Payroll Services. So, uh, Do you ever play first touchdowns? I mean, that that's just like no, playing Russian roulette Yeah, you're right just trying there. to lose money is what you're doing there. It's, it is kind of weird. I don't know. I... I got to sit down tonight before the college slate. I like Purdue minus two over Iowa. I can't believe that's a two point spread. Purdue's a weird team. The team we saw that dismantled us. I mean, I'm just talking about physically looking at who they were. Yeah, they beat the Knicks. They did everything right. Right? They were. They could shoot the three. They their presence in the paint. There can't be anybody with a better presence in the paint uh, than than them. I'm, I'm talking about bodies total. I mean, there are individuals throughout college basketball that you go, oh, okay, you know, Kentucky's got a guy, Duke's got a guy, there's a couple guys where you're like, okay, but Purdue had three or four of those guys that you're like, these, these are the largest humans I've ever seen. What are we doing here? That guy looks like Yao. What's going on here? He did. He did. He had the, the shin bone. It's, it's about the lower leg bone structure. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That guy's shin is bigger than most people. Yeah, it was it was a little disturbing. And so I thought, okay, well, they're not going to stumble along the way, but they have stumbled along the way. It's weird. I, I, I don't count them out when the tournament comes around, but it's, uh, it's curious. Well, in a neutral site against out-of-conference competition, they're going to the Sweet 16, I would think. People are going to be shocked when they play them. 
Tomorrow, a Live Nations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition. Looking forward to it. Great job, Tom. Great job, Director Matthew. Thanks to all of you. Be well. Have a great day. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that, that's my fault. I thought we had one more break before the end. We've still got a few more minutes of uh, bonus. Oh, features. hey, I've already Welcome said to the bonus good, I checked out. Tom's going to carry you home, everybody. I already said goodbye. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Once I turn it off, it's over. No, I'll That's get- a Director Matthew save. Because usually we, we get out at uh, 56 and change, and we already cleared that break, sir. Uh, let's see. Let's do this. No, it's on the fly. Not going to do that. Uh, no, somebody asked me a question about uh, the basketball team and then also whether or not uh, – <laughs> uh, you know, Eric, they have run out of time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. I, too, would like to see Cincinnati win this weekend. I don't think so. Um, San Francisco, as we mentioned earlier, has beaten the Rams six straight times, Tom. It will not be seven, we don't think, right? I don't think so. I mean, they're, That team with that front four, I mean, how are you going to score 17 on them if you're San Francisco this weekend? So I think if the Rams get to 20, they win, and they're going to get to 20. Ryan, I'm going to answer your question on the chat since Tom gave us an extra two minutes, and that is, do I subscribe to the theory that, say, if Oklahoma knew what Jermaine Johnson was, FSU wouldn't have got him. I think you could make the argument that perhaps a team like Georgia, had they known what Jermaine Johnson was, Florida State would not have got him. I mean, that's really the answer. To me, that was a rare miss from Kirby because I don't think he projected, obviously, even with the talent that they had. And they did okay. You know, they, they did just fine, but... I don't think he projected Jermaine Johnson to take that next step that we saw. And I'm not real sure that Florida State thought they were getting a potential top 20 pick in the NFL draft. Um, and, and by the way, there are two mocks that have him top 20. One of them is going to Minnesota at 15th or whatever that is. That would be something. But I, I could use it. But, but I, I would just say that, uh, yeah, a lot of people overlooked what Jermaine was. I will say to Florida State's credit, They did project him to be obviously better than anybody they had on their roster. And also, moreover, I think they did see him as potentially one of the best defenders in the ACC. I I do think they knew that. Yeah, so here's where that question gets tough is he forged a a legitimate bond with Mike Norvell, like legitimate to the point where he's still pushing Florida State athletics and he doesn't need to anymore. He talked with Jared Verse. He continues to post good things about the program. So he liked what Mike said to him. Now, could Kendall Bryles have offered more? Or not Kendall Bryles, um... Forgive me, USC's uh, coach. Oh, a current head coach, Lincoln yeah, Riley. Lincoln Riley. I don't yeah, know yeah. why I said Kendall Bryles. Yeah. Could he have offered more? Not the same guy, Tom. No, not at all. <laughs> not a, not no. at all. Not an accomplishment. No, no. Not even legacy no. of conference. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So he could have offered maybe more in the way of championships, but that bond was pretty unique. That's tough yeah, to overcome. And, and that, landing a vouch for him, too. I think that mattered. Yeah, I actually think that this staff does an exceptionally good job of connecting with the transfer portal kids that they brought in. That's kind of the highlight of the show today. We were talking about that. Good work. Once again, all of you guys, (laughs) for all of you who listened and watched, be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.